1: Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukka Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling.
0: Nehemiah chapter 1, beginning at verse number 1, God's word reads as follows, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekaliah. it came to pass in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came with to Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from captivity in the providence are in the great distress and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before God of heaven, and I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and your mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open Uh, that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, that uh, which we have sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept your commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded, your servant Moses. Remember, I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, uh, though some of you were cast out to the farthest parts of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name now. These are the servants and your people whom you have redeemed uh, by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire uh, to fear your name. And let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cupbearer. Would you pray with me on this morning? Father, we are in need of you today that your will be done and your way be accomplished to this day, God. In all that transpires that the word would come forward with clarity and with conviction and that it would lead someone who's lost to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm praying, God, that this word on today would cause someone who's drifted in their fellowship to return the broken fellowship. I'm praying, God, that this day the body would be edified and that your name would be glorified. Father, I stand in need of you that you might speak through these lips of clay, words that are life-giving, words that are of encouragement, words that are of edification. Spirit of the Lord, I'm just in need of you. As my body is yielded to you, have your way with me and through me, and we will forever give your name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise, for it is in Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving and expectation. Amen and amen. As we look into this text of Nehemiah on this morning, to give you a little backdrop of what's been transpiring, Judah which is the two southern tribes of Israel, have gone into captivity after watching and witnessing their brothers, the 10 northern tribes known as Israel, go into captivity, be assimilated amongst the nations as a result of their disobedience to God. God had already told his people, if you obey me, I'll bless you. Told him, I'll bless you in the city. I'll bless you in the country. I'll bless you going in and coming out. He, but if you, if, but if you disobey, then the curse will fall upon you. And so uh, they, they had been warned and Judah watched their brothers in the north go through this whole process of having Assyria come in and attack them and, and, and destroy them. And God sent prophet after prophet after prophet to Judah to let Judah know, Judah, if you don't get your stuff together, if you don't repent before God, if you don't come back to God, God's going to bring captivity upon you as well. And Judah just kind of ignored God, kind of felt like, well, you know, nothing's happening right now. So we could just kind of keep going and doing what we're doing. Uh, and so they kept on going. And then finally, God raised up Babylon and Babylon came in, took Judah captive. And it was an appointed time of 70 years that Judah would be held captive. And by the time of our text, uh, the 70 years have expired and the people of Judah have begun to return back To their homeland, and they're returning in these waves uh, and periods of time. The first wave, if you will, comes with Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel goes back to rebuild the temple that was destroyed in Jerusalem. And he goes back a part of the people, and they begin to rebuild the temple. and And then later on, another wave comes along with Ezra, and Ezra goes back to rebuild the people and the spiritual condition of the people. Because by the time Zerubbabel builds a, a, a temple, they've got a temple, but the people people's hearts and the people's spiritual position was still wretched and in need of rebuilding. And so Ezra goes back to rebuild the people. And then finally, about 14 years later, after, after Ezra, then Nehemiah, we, we, it brings us to this place where Nehemiah is going to return. But Nehemiah's purpose of rebuilding is rebuilding the walls and the rebuilding the infrastructure of the city. What I want um, to kind of lean in and see here in this text is that Nehemiah has been positioned by God, been put in, in this divine position at a divine time to be in position that he might provide some help for his people. I always think it's interesting that God puts people in place to help at specific times, As you walk through scripture, you'll see it over and over and over and over again that Joseph goes through all the trouble he goes through so that when his nation, the nation of Israel, his brothers need food, Joseph is already in position to make sure that they have food. God does it with Moses and he does it with prophet after prophet, that they're there when the people need and they're speaking into the people's lives. And even for you and I, I believe that God puts us in positions to be in position when the right time comes so that we can be helped to God's people. I hope you're with me on this morning. In this particular text, Nehemiah is going to help his people and He's going to use his position to accomplish what I believe God has ordained for him to accomplish. I want to talk to you on this morning from the subject matter, being in position to help meet the need. Now, let me say this. The fact that you're in position does not mean you will meet the need. Yeah, there's some there's some people who can testify, and this is not nothing to brag about, but there's some people who can probably testify. I've been in position, but I didn't help meet the need. (laughs) Uh, This text begins, as we read it in your hearing, with Nehemiah hearing about the news of the condition of the people who had already gone back to Jerusalem. Hearing. The news Causes Nehemiah's heart to break. So hearing the need breaks his heart. The words of Nehemiah, as we hear here, is that Nehemiah asked the question of his brethren who had come back and come to the area. And he asked a question, how are things going at home? He wanted to know how the Jews were making out. He wanted to know what was going on, and, and he wanted to know those who had survived the uh, return and those who had stayed beyond the captivity. He wants He wants to know what's going on, and the news that comes to him is not good news. In fact, as I dig right here in the text, the text says that the news that came back to him is that those that were in captivity, the Jews who had escaped, they said to him in verse 3, and they said to me that the survivors who are left from captivity in the province are in great distress and reproach. In fact, uh, Nehemiah, the walls of Jerusalem are broken down and the gates of Jerusalem have been burned so not only are the people who have gone back in great distress but they have no protection from the enemy when the enemy comes the walls are broken down the gates are open and burned down and the enemy can just run in and run out the people are in despair they're they're being mocked they're being humiliated because of their condition and the the news that Nehemiah gets literally breaks his heart. I want to say this to you that before we can get to the place that we are going to help someone, even when we're in position to help, we first need to inquire about the condition of the people in the first place. Nehemiah asks the question. He inquires of the people. And when the answer is given is bad news. But the problem with a whole lot of us is when we're in position, we don't want to ask what's going on because we don't really want to know. I'm really I'm really going to have to dig a little deeper. I see. Um, Let me make it real plain. Sometimes we we just don't want to know because we don't want to be the help. And so we don't even ask because we know there probably is a need and there might be something I'm going to have to do. Can we just get on into some family business this morning? Sometimes, you know, when family call or when family come around, we really don't want to know how Bubba's doing because we know Bubba always needs something. So we don't even ask Bubba, Bubba, how you doing? We just say, what's up? i catch you around the block. We don't really want to talk. We don't want to find out what's going on in the lives of some folk because inevitably it just seems like, it, it, this is not a reality, but it, it does seem like some people are always in need. And so because they're always in need, we either completely avoid them altogether or we don't want to ask them how they're doing or what their need is. Lord have mercy. But let me say this, you have got to have a desire, Lord help me here, to know what's going on in the lives of people who are created in the image of God just like you. You've got to have at least some kind of compassion on humanity to want to know what's going on in their situation. Before you can even know what their need is, because sometimes what you might find out is they don't need you at all. They might have something to be able to bless you with. Are y'all still here? Nehemiah asks the question. He inquires of the need. And when he finds out his people are being humiliated, his, pe- his people are, are in, in desperate situation. He then, uh, it's the, the text says, he just sat down and wept. His heart is broken. He, he's, he, he's broke up about the fact that the people are in reproach and in distress and they're uh, being treated the way they're treated. And, and he sits down as a result of knowing that his people are going through such turmoil. And the text says, when I heard it, verse four, I sat down, I wept and mourned for many days. What would it take for you to weep and mourn when you hear the conditions of some people? What what would have to be their situation that would break your heart to the extreme that you would weep and mourn for several days after hearing their circumstances? If we're going to be in position to help, we need to have a heart for people in the first place. I know this sounds simple, but you, you, you got to care about folks because it doesn't matter what position God puts you in. If you don't care about people, you ain't never going to help people either. I don't, I don't know you know how, how you guys have felt, but even as I've been watching some of the news and some of these excerpts of things that are happening in the Ukraine, I'm just like, wow. It, it just breaks your heart. Not not because I'm Ukrainian. I'm, I'm not. I thought I needed to set that record straight. I'm not Ukrainian. Um, got no Russian. I'm not Russian. Nothing like that. But to see humanity to be dismembered and defiled and destroy the way it's happening, it breaks my heart. To see the things that are happening, not just in the Ukraine, but also here, in our own streets, in our own cities and towns, The, the children that are killing children and all the stuff that's going on, it just, it breaks the heart, if you care about people at all. But I think what also happens... Is gradually because we keep hearing it, we become hardened to it, and it's just another story. It's just a, even though these are real people, these are these are real lives, these are families that are impacted. It just becomes another number. It just becomes another story, and we become callous to it because we stop caring for the people. Y'all still here with me? What happens to Nehemiah? These are Nehemiah's people. These are Jewish people. These are God's people. When Nehemiah hears that God's people have gone back, built the temple, and Ezra's gone back to build back the spiritual condition of the people. And he hears that even after that, that they're still in despair. They're still distraught. They're still in, in ruin. Nehemiah just sits down and all he can do is weep. And mourn for days because he cares about the people. And I would suggest that we have to care about people, not just people in the Ukraine but also people in Uganda. We have to care not just about people in Maryland, because we live in Maryland, but you've got to care about people in Mississippi. You've got to care not just because they're white or just because they're black or because they're rich or because they're poor, you've got to care about them because they his image just like you and there but for the grace of god go you because whatever situation they're dealing with it could be you it's only by god's grace that it's not you or i that are dealing with those situations nehemiah heart is broken and he cries and he weeps for these people and if we're ever going to Act when we're in position, if we're ever going to do anything when we're in position to help somebody, we've got to care about people in the first place. Are y'all still here with me? The second movement here in the text here is that hearing breaks his heart, but also hearing the need also brings him to God and repentance. Hearing the need breaks his heart, but also hearing the need brings him to God and repentance. Look at verse 5. And I said to the Lord, God of heaven, O oh great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who, who love you and observe your commandments. Nehemiah figures this out quickly, and this is something I believe that would help us as well. He figures this out quickly. There are many needs that you will become aware of as Nehemiah realizes this need is bigger than I can do alone. Amen. And there will be many circumstances that you will come into and you'll realize that the need is way beyond what you alone can do. Are y'all still here? Now, um, this goes deeper than just surface stuff. There are cert- let, let me say this, there are surface things we can do. Okay. And, and those might be easy to do. Boom. Here. Hey, take a 20. Boom. you good. I, I met a need, but there, there are deeper issues systemic sometimes issues that are way past what you alone can do and nehemiah realizes that the magnitude of need that is here for his people is way beyond what he alone can do and so therefore what nehemiah does is he goes to the one person who can help and he knows can help meet the need and that's god let me, Lord, help let me let me help us here S-s-s- Sometimes the very thing that will draw us closer to God is realizing that we are facing a need that's way bigger than us. (sighs) Nehemiah's what what can he do? What can one man do with all this need? And so he goes to God and he, he petitions God. And most of this text that I've read and you're hearing most of it is Nehemiah's prayer to God. nehemiah is 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 driven to go talk to the one who can take care of the issue he says we we have got to learn this lesson that nehemiah displays in the text that we can't do it by ourselves but we are in connection to one who can do everything and anything but fail (sighs) when he comes to god he he doesn't He doesn't come also as if God owes him something. Since y'all quiet this morning, let's just talk about prayer. Um, Nehemiah doesn't act like God has been deficient. And that Nehemiah is so great and so um, awesome and so uh, favorable that... um, You know, he's been so good, he's two-shoes, that God deserves to answer his prayer. He he doesn't approach God that way. He doesn't approach God demanding that God, look, God, you better do. He doesn't go to God that way. Nehemiah goes to God humble and broken and repentant before God. Listen, Nehemiah is going to God on behalf of his countrymen who are in the situation that they're in because of their sin. Stay here. And Nehemiah, even though he has, watch this, even though Nehemiah himself has been escalated to a position of the king's cupbearer, Nehemiah himself realizes, I haven't been perfect either. Let me talk to some of my elevated folks. Just because you've made it up the chain of command doesn't mean that you were doing everything right to get there. (laughs) It doesn't mean that you was always putting in 40 hours. Doesn't mean that you was always crossing every T dot every I. Matter of fact, you did not earn your way up the chain of command. You were blessed up the chain of command by the favor of God. And you've been put into the position that you're in because of the favor of God. And then as you approach God, don't act like God owes you something. Nehemiah goes to God, humble, and he says to God, God, I'm coming, humble, I'm coming with humility, I'm coming with a repentant heart. Not only does he, watch this, he doesn't only acknowledge his own sin but he first acknowledges the sin of israel now he's he's repenting on behalf of his brothers now literally we can only really only repent for our own sin but nehemiah is trying to kind of bridge the gap he's trying to stand in between and say lord i'm I'm praying on behalf of my brothers and they have sinned in other words god no doubt about we deserve to be in the mess we're in we've done wrong if I, if I could just throw a pin right there, some of us, we could really get past a whole lot of stuff and we just acknowledge we did wrong. Stop blaming everybody else. <laughs> Nehemiah says, we, we, we've disobeyed uh, the commandments of Moses. We, we didn't do what you said
1: to do. You even told us, Lord, if we, if we do right, you will bless us. If we do wrong, we will be cursed. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, Please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our Spirit Field worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Buchus Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family